0: going on guys larry here of the tenacity strength fit for duty podcast um you are about to hear an interview with the natty pro none other than ryan doris uh good chicago friend of mine uh bowling book friend of mine uh from back home uh ryan is kind of an enigma in the coaching world of bodybuilding and powerlifting uh he himself is a multiple time champion bodybuilder and powerlifter who's competed at essentially some of the highest levels that those sports have to offer and he gives us some insight into his training philosophy life we talk about our love for the city of chicago and uh just all things uh bodybuilding and he also goes into fortis eq and we talk about how to harness that power of a champion that's inside of everybody and what he does with his clients to pull that out. So had to do this interview solo. Uh, Vaughn is on a brief hiatus taking care of some personal matters. But in any event, we hope to bring him back on soon. And we have this interview with Ryan Dorris, which I'm extremely, extremely excited about. So I hope you all get some value from it as much as I've gotten value from it. And please let me know in the comments uh, how you guys liked it. And also please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all that good stuff. So without further ado, here's the interview with Ryan Doris. Y'all have a good time.
1: Probably around 08, and I remember that time. You remember 08, do you remember? Yeah. I think, I feel like 08 was uh, enough of that time where it was like fresh off of the the Ronnie Coleman wave, right? Mm-hmm. It was like at it was like at the peak of that bodybuilding mass size even the culture of it right taking pictures how you don't even naturally take pictures doing the whole thing right we were in the in the middle of it dude and i love that era but uh it's just not uh in my opinion sustainable i'm looking uh at it from i think a holistic perspective of how i want to treat it i'm looking at these kids right like initially uh i started seeing non-bodybuilding bodybuilding bodybuilding variants right uh what's what are they called uh those hybrids right i started seeing those and i was like man i'm trying to look at bodybuilding a lot like how i look at rap music right it's like there's always going to be a new wave and you got to get with what the kids are doing like you you almost have to like you have to implement and it's not because the kids are cool but because they're bringing in new evidence new techniques, they're bringing in new, th- they are, we're, we're adding and slowly bringing in new things that we didn't know. So I think for me, where I'm at right now, dude, I'm trying to figure out how much to lean on my old school and then how much I'm embracing some of these new school principles, you know, running once a week, the no-nos, no-nos we could, we could never do, right? But trying to figure out this balance and what kind of athlete I want to be with the bodybuilding, that's been hard. That's been, I think, my biggest uh, time consumer in terms of my training and, and nutrition right now, is trying to figure out, what balance of athlete I actually want to be, I still don't know.
0: And it's it's funny because you know, um, you know, I'm fresh into my 40s. I'm only first year into it, and now I'm getting to that point. Like it, the hardcore mentality, that flex, and all sure. those guys, like physically, that that's not sustainable. No, like, no, 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 not on,
1: not not even on a physiological level. Can you recover like that anymore? Yeah, right? you can't um, even. Re- you're going to be injured.
0: Just yeah no, um, so you know I'm starting to get to that point where uh, things hurt on a daily basis. Sure. So like with a lot of the new stuff that's coming out, you know I've always looked at you um, as someone who has looked at bodybuilding and powerlifting holistically. You were you were ahead of the curve when it came to stuff like that, and you know you saw yourself as somebody that wanted to live life while doing this thing that we love. But now, like guys like Jeff Nippard, you know, people that would have gotten a hassle eight, nine, ten years ago, you know, they're now at the forefront of a bodybuilding. Doesn't have to be like the way that the way that people are doing bodybuilding back then, you could do it on some level and some of the level of it still works. There's varying degrees of works, but that's not sustainable. Here, let's show you a better way with what we have learned in research and in data and in the trenches.
1: And, you know, and I think uh, that in trenches stuff is important, right? Is that empirical stuff. That's the leader. I like I've lived my whole career in the kind of the science base. What's new, what's efficient forefront. But the most important thing, I've gone to these labs, like a lot of people, Talk about the science and bodybuilding, but like I know the people who do the research right I know I see these I've met these people I see their labs. And the truth is they're just basically validating what we've been doing for the past five years right that's how the science kind of works. So the science basically says hey what's been a new trend, we need to observe this and see if it sticks. So the science is always going to be five years late, right? It's always – I'm sorry. Until it's concrete, it's always going to be five to seven years late, right? You'll never be able to be ahead of the curve. So half of the game is uh, being a bro. Half of the game is going off of intuition still, right? Like Michael Jordan didn't go off of there off evidence. It's just there's still a dance to it, right? And so I think I'm fortunate – uh, I, I started my career, dude, in the old school, right? I was in that tail end of the Ronnie air because now it's all um, a lot of, uh, it's so fast. It's so fast now, dude. It, it, the information comes so fast. Do you remember when German volume training came out, dog traps came out? Dude, we used to have uh, FSC7. We used to have. A year and a half to fill out a program and we all would talk about it amongst each other what do you run it do now it's so fast every day there's a reel on what to do or what not to do and it's 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 almost in my opinion uh it's impossible to consume the appropriate amount of information because there's so much information coming at you once if that makes any sense no that's
0: that's that's absolutely true so um if i if i'm correct if I'm correct, please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm wrong 90% of the time. Um, good to admit. That's how you're right, you know. You know. Um, you you do powerlifting and uh bodybuilding programming for other people, correct? Right. That's the bread and butter, right? Okay, that's the bread and butter. Tell me what are some of your core philosophies when it comes to training, especially um because I I believe we're seeing another wave of natural bodybuilding coming back i believe so i believe so 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 what are some of uh what are some of your uh, core tenets that you believe in bodybuilding in general
1: bodybuilding in general if i had to say what is the bread and butter for bodybuilding in general uh my number one would be pick the if if we're talking i want to put on muscle pick the in terms of pushing pulling squatting hinging Pick the closest compound lift you can to the free barbell motion. So if you can't free barbell bench, can you hammer strength bench? If you can't hammer strength bench, can you go down pre-core? What Right? is the closest you can get to that compound horizontal push? What's the closest you can get to that back squat? Because the truth is, dude, uh, bodybuilding is still a game of time. It takes time. We have 200-something muscles in our body right? And to groom those takes forever. One of the easiest tricks that I will stand by until the day I die in bodybuilding is that if you can get good at a compound, if you can get good at a squat, even if I see you hit that pendulum squat all the time, great movement, right? Humble movement. You only need a little bit of weight on there too, right? If you can get good at a a, a movement that moves many muscles, do it. Do as close as you can. If you can pendulum squat, do it. If you can barbell back squat, do it. If you can box squat, do any compound. So that's my Bread and butter. If you want to grow muscle, it'll take you ages to do a leg workout, whereas you can just squat three cents at 85% and get that same bang for your buck. So for me, I'm all about bang for buck when it comes to training. I'm not a long training person if it doesn't have to be. I'm not an excess training person if it doesn't have to be. Uh, and the reason for that is injury. Because the second biggest secret, in my opinion, in bodybuilding is consistency. And nothing is a, is a spur in the heel to consistently like an injury. Injury is the if, if literally, if you want to grow, if you want to proceed, if you want to progress, the best kept secret is don't get injured. And the best way to don't get injured is to do the most effective, minimal exercises you have you you can do. So, I think when it comes to bodybuilding, if I had to write any stranger on planet earth bodybuilding, it would be those with those two tenets in mind, never mind volume and frequency. All that's 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 for the individual athlete. What I think. The thing that looks important is, are you what? Can you can you squat? Okay, well, can you quarter squat? Can you quarter squat? I'll take quarter squat. I'll take. I'll even take that. I'll take anything, right? But it'll beat the leg extension, leg curl, calf raise only program. You'll never get anywhere. You you just can't move enough weight to stimu- to get the stimulus we need to define this as bodybuilding. I think you'll define it as something else, muscular guy on Instagram or something. You'll look good, but you won't be the sh- the shape you're looking for and the size you're looking for. You just won't get it
0: where do you get a lot of your motivation to continually learn from? Because like you said, things happen so fast now, especially with, especially with the social media bubble, you know, back then we only had magazines, but now we have magazines, we have Instagram clips, we have much easier access to studies. So where do you get your, um, Information from, while at the same time not being uh, paralyzed by That's the really analysis right. that you bring in.
1: Well, I think I think one of the best things that a bodybuilder can do is know their role when it comes to information, right? So there are people who's who who are trained professionally, night and day to go into a lab and say this looks good or this doesn't. Then there are peers within that group, the next level, to review it and say, hey, I, I also specialize in force plate transfer for legs. So it's up to those other scientists to do. it. So that's the second round of looking at what works and what doesn't. Then there's conferences, if it can make it to a conference. Right. Then there's journals. So there's journals which I finally get through. So journals like the uh, ISSN has a really good journal. Um yeah, uh, I think just just some general books out there. Authors like um, who's a real popular one? Ripeto. He's got some real basic stuff, and it goes back to kind of the first things I was saying. If you look at these books, uh, like periodization is a popular book by Bomp on how to write periodization. Uh, these are going back to just principles, right? It's like you'll be a the reason why Steph Curry is such a good basketball player is because he has fundamentals. He knows how to chest pass, bounce pass. He might make it look sexy. He might pour some syrup on it, right? But it's a fundamental. So I I think for me, uh, the fundamentals are not new. And it's not like you have to go looking anywhere for them. But I think when it comes to how to digest it and how much to get, you have to know your role. So am I a a guy in a lab? No. Then why am I reading papers all day? I'm a practitioner, right? It's like I'm in a, a, a building right now. I don't have to, I don't have to know how the wall is built, man. I just know how to talk within the wall. That's my job. That's my role. I'll hire someone else to do it. So for me, I've always learned straight from a source above me. So if I know that my level is a coach and it's up for me as a coach to go to a conference every now and then, uh, I actually have friends who are doing data. That's been the biggest thing for me, right? actually have peers who I can call, who I can talk to and put me into it, right? That, that's that been for me the biggest thing. But I myself, dude, I, I got to know my role. I, I have somebody coming to me who's 38 years old. She has three kids. The data doesn't matter to her. She just needs the practical portion. So so for me, I try to look at what is the big picture? What's interesting? It's all interesting to me, right? I think I can learn endlessly. I just love, I just actually like this. I actually like to learn it. But when it comes to that pressure of how much do I have to learn to be proficient at my job, I stay within my lane of those confines. I don't stress myself about what I should learn. And if you actually look at how much you have to learn about the specific job you're doing, if you say my job is for strength training and muscle building, there's so little information you actually need to read. Right? There's 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 actually not that much. Once you get past the basics, um, you're talking to, now. You're talking about now you're splitting hairs. Like once you get past the basics of just like percentages and how heavy to go and what's the difference between closed stance and wide stance? now this is Charles Glass stuff, right? We're getting into mm-hmm. this is splitting. Like no one's ever got on that. Olymp- I always say whoever got on the Olympia stage and holds a microphone, listen to what they say. No one's ever got on that Olympia microphone and said, whew, thank God. If it wasn't for that stair stepper, I wouldn't No one's ever said that. It's just cardio, right? It's just the cardio. Did it. it didn't matter if it was a stair stepper or if it was a the- a treadmill right i always listen to what the champion says on the day of and the thing they always say is yeah i just worked a shit ton that's pretty much shit that's always what it comes down to right make sure people are just working a shit ton with the basics and that is a that is honestly i wish i had some bigger secret but that's people just aren't doing that and it's just that's that's it that's i wish i, I were that it were complex than that, but that's why I don't have to read much, right? I read every now and then. I read complex stuff if I want to learn something. Uh, I'm currently reading some books uh, from uh, the University of what university is this? I should know I'm enrolled, but it's free. Uh, Carnegie Carnegie Mellon University. They Mm -hmm. have all these courses now, Harvard and all these uh, top schools. They have this thing called open source software. This is to me one of the most game changing things. You can take any course, right? So uh, I started taking a Hindi Urdu course. You can take it; it's free. It's free. These universities are offering their courses, their materials for free. You can go take biology. You can go take anything, right? So the world is, is is yours. The world is yours to learn. And I think a good place to learn and not to get overwhelmed is what interests you, right? I don't read about it if it's not interesting to me. I know personally nothing about R. I know nothing about uh, MRV. I think that's one of those things out there that's very popular right now. I haven't read anything about, it. I don't know anything about it. It doesn't interest me. Right. So I'll read what's in, into- I-, I tell you, I have a very, uh, Nebraskan Warren Buffett approach.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's probably the best way to, it's probably the best way to say it. Um, I'm going to ask you one more, uh, training related question. Yeah. We're going to get into you as a person and we're going to go back to training. Um, my question <laughs> and it's is probably going to, it's probably going to bug some people the wrong way. Does the science of training make people stray away from brutally hard work or percent, hundred percent,
1: percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Science, 100%, 100%. 100%. 100%, yeah. Uh, it's dude, it's a dance. It's a dance. It's all a dance, right? Like, it, knowing knowing is just not enough, right? The the, the thing that if, if you were to quantify what are we on this work on this earth to do, we're on this earth to do. That's it. There's no dude, it doesn't matter if you know the world's knowledge, but if you don't move a finger, you don't know. It doesn't count. The only thing that, that counts in this work world is is the moving of the hand, is actually how fast do you swing your sword. So Uh, I look at science in uh, bodybuilding, and this is probably going to piss some people off, a a lot like religion, right? You could uh, be stout in your religion, uh, but very lazy. You don't study. uh, You don't read scripture. You don't pray. um, But you believe, and you still do it. But it doesn't matter if you believe. Knowing is not enough. You have to practice what you believe in, right? And if you believe in that science, if I believe that uh, this squat in this program in this sequence, I have to not only have the science, but I have to do it with the f- courage of Ronnie Coleman. I still have to do it in the name of work. It, the work is the priority. So in my opinion, if you have two bodybuilders, very similar development, very s- similar potential left. And they're both similar at working hard and output. If you take those two bodybuilders and if you put one of them on a rigid uh, scientific program, I don't think one would be better than the other. But I do think if you took one of those and you put him with 85% evidence-based stuff, him or her, 90% evidence-based stuff, and you gave them that 10% to do shit that doesn't make sense, that 10% is Michael Jordan sticking his tongue out you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, there's no evidence to it, but he, that's the way he dances. I don't know why. Right. So I think for me, people lose their, uh, when you, when you're too close to the thing, right, when you're over worshiping the science, uh, you get too stiff, right. You don't want to mess anything up. It's, it feels like you're taking a scantron test when you're too, too much in the science, but when you're too much in this trench, you have no guidance. So I feel like for me, like all things there is a middle way to the data and to the science right it's something you believe in it's something that you have faith in uh and excuse me and you swing your sword in the name of it right i i had a very long training session today i uh s- static stretch right we've all known the data on static stretching for quite some time right there's no surprise there uh i did some uh very low intensity uh kettlebell swing stuff like that then I lifted back. I did some very 10 to 12 rep heavy stuff. We know that stuff's classic. Uh, and then I walked and ran about two miles just now. So I've had just a long morning of, of just training and then working and stuff like that. Uh, the evidence says all of those things, I should be all right, right? I should be all right to still be a big bodybuilder and be, have some pretty big mobility and have some good movement. Now, if the evidence is this guy 10 miles now, obviously, you might want to shave that down and get into, a, get into a point where we've seen research that, hey, how much can a football player hold muscle and run, right? There's there's so much out there. There's so much to learn. So I think for me, whatever you're interested in is what you should read. I don't think you should go trying to read data and make it stick. It, it would be like trying to go outside and be like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read about these trees I have no interest in, and hopefully it, it sticks, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's all about you. It's all about your journey, right? And that's why I love talking about when I've known people, when I've met people, because one thing that I think is very annoying to the scientific community, uh, what has merit is how long you've been doing this, right? How long you've been doing this does mean something. It, it, it does mean something. It doesn't mean you're smart. doesn't mean you know anything, but it does mean that, Hey, you all, you obviously have been around long enough that you must be getting something, right? So, something.
0: The juxtaposition that I have, mm. of, uh, that I have about training in life in general, but we'll just keep it training. On one side, you have a well-known IFBB pro bodybuilder who I've enjoyed. And then you have a PhD in, um, you know, hypertrophy, muscle building, all that. The two, it's a a crazy dichotomy because you have one that's strictly research this is what has worked. This is what the research has said. I put research into practice, combined it with many things, and now I have a great physique and I'm still building across it. Right. I work within uh, certain rep ranges at certain points in my certain points in my macro cycle, which is part of a larger overall training plan. I work within uh, zero to three RIR, zero to one RIR, zero RIR, RIR within certain weeks of the program. And or certain certain weeks within the overall structure of the program, IFBB Pro Bodybuilder says, "Fuck everyone, burn the earth down every training session, eat your carbs, do your cardio, and lift your heavy weights, and good things will come." (laughs) IFBB Pro Bodybuilder, Doctorate in Hypertrophy, both have merit, but again, it's the merging of the two. And I am of I am I am much very much like you. Both of those can be merged. It's just that people don't want to take the time to do it. You
1: you know what? I have to agree with that, and they can be merged, but I also think it comes down to uh, what are you actually in this for, right? And I think this sport, unlike any other sport, is something you can't forget. Uh, Everyone, and this is probably going to be problematic, I think everyone I've ever met, including myself, every person I've ever met, man, woman, who has sought out to bodybuild, is a little broken somewhere and the bodybuilding is here to fix you a little bit right so it might be it might be discipline you might want a little more it might be but what bodybuilding is is that we all can see something that looks lay the traits out powerful elegant beautiful strong right you see this version you can actualize this version of traits that you want in you and you want it so it must mean that you don't have them right your machine's not running at full power Right. I don't see Elon Musk saying, like, you know, just I just really feel like I just need to get on stage. You know, that'll really complete. Right. He's a complete. He's complete. Right. He's right. I feel like bodybuilding for all of us comes through at our life to help us fix something, to help us bridge something. So whatever your entry point is, it looks going to look a lot like your whole journey. In my opinion, I got in the bodybuilding and I I have to be honest, I think it's the reason why I've done so well. I got in the bodybuilding is because I came from a stellar track family. Right. My brother runs track on my brothers. They all went pro. I have a good track family. I was part of that. I went to school, bombed out grades. I needed personal redemption. I needed something to. So I basically took an NCAA collegiate body and just said, what do I got to do? And then I heard about the science and I was like, yeah, we're already doing science and track and field. We're already doing drug testing and track. Right. I basically just converted what I was doing in the bodybuilding. That's my end. People might come in with eating disorders. People might come in with uh, body complex. People come in for anything, and in my opinion, when people come in for whatever reason they come in, the science follows with them. Some people may go in there just to let Charlie. Some people may go out there just to let out the steam from the day. Charlie's not trying to hear, man. He's not here for that. He's just here to grunt and grunt, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. The only point, in my opinion, when it gets problematic is when it comes to competing because competing's different, right? I I think I think we go on and, on and on about like how minds use and how much data to use in the sport. But we're the only we're the only ones still talking about this. Right. It's like soccer, soccer, professional soccer, they've been figured out right like they've been like literally Gatorade exists. They literally said what is the perfect intra workout food. We invented it. It's sodium. It's water. It's simple sugar. It's Gatorade. We already know these things. Right. Like, so it's not like science doesn't exist in sports. It exists. It well and good exists. Right. Like, but we choose how what we want to see ourselves with. Right. We want to see a a body wants to show himself as doing it the right way, doing it the smart way, doing it the old. There's so much identity wrapped up in this sport and why you got in and why you do it that I think at this point I look at it and I have, I gotta be honest, I have respect for any type of bodybuilder. I I honestly do because I don't know your story, dog, and I don't know why you do the shit you do, but it must, you must do it because you got something going on and as a man, I know how to process it. Go do it. I hope you get slow and I hope you figure it out, right? I can't for the life of me ever relate to uh those rich piano fans. I don't come I'm an athlete, right? I come from the pure school of coach blowing the whistle, right? I'm just I'm I'm just an athlete. I that's how I started. But dude, people need that vibe. People need that they need to feel like the big guy. They need to f- Do your thing, man. Do your thing, dude. You've seen them all. You've seen it all through this. So, in my opinion, the science to me has become just another politicized point, just like COVID or student loans or anything like that, right? Like it's obvious the science works. Every sport is doing it. Every we even watched Rocky in the eighties, right? Ivan Drago went back to the science. Russian camp. We've all seen it. The science has been around. Forever, it's nothing new. Literally, like literally, one one. I I think the Russians or the Cubans—I forgot. I may be wrong. They were the same thing, right? Russia, Cuba. They first synthesized uh, testosterone back in I think it was the late fifties, early sixties. I can't remember, but that was a uh, a revolutionary scientific breakthrough. No bro synthesized testosterone. Like, there's no there's bros use it. For sure. But, dude, it's all science. It's all been science. Test, sip, test, sup. All of this stuff is science. And I'm just like, where you just choose to be science blind because that's your identity. Mm -hmm. Right? It has has nothing to do with science. It's all science-based, man. So I coach people. I don't even tell them science. I just do it. It just doesn't matter, right? So I don't know, man. Maybe I got a little pessimistic approach to it, but I figure the science is everywhere. You can't escape it. You can act like you can, but it's just your disposition. That's all it is
0: yeah and you know with a couple of with a couple of other people i've talked with like you know the science is there you can see it in their training they can't articulate it but it's there if you've it's read the stuff, it's there and I, I think we're getting to a point where a lot of a lot of people that are getting in um they just have to have something that's data researched and all this at the end of the day i'm a science fan um sure. F- funny 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 story egon spangler is my favorite ghostbuster right because that's my favorite movie <laughs> i wanted to be a scientist right nah. um uh, so the b- bodybuilding is my own bootleg way of doing science For but sure. at the end of the day i mean it's just hard brutal repetitive boring that's it. passionate ass work ain't nothing sexy about it you know sure. um You know, you weigh your chicken on a scale, you weigh your rice on a scale, doesn't matter. Everything on a scale, everything on a scale, ounces, grams, you measure all that shit.
1: And then you get really good at the math. It's crazy how good you get,
0: bro. I've that's why I'm a journalism major. That's why (laughs) that's why I work for a news station now, because I am awful at math. Anything with math is just like, really, I can do I you tell me. You put a gun to my face and say say you're nine times tables I'm good as dead I'm and start good backwards as dead. I'm like like nine <coughs> something get that gun out my face
1: 81 70 something
0: uh, you just I just give up
1: that's funny man
0: but I, funny. I, I want I want to get into you a little bit yeah. um so um this is Ryan Doris as I've already said in the intro um this is Ryan Doris I've known Ryan for a long time now you are kind of, I, I've noticed you to be. You're you're an enigma, right? Not a lot of people know about you, but they know about you, right? Kind of
1: crazy, huh?
0: It's it's insane. Um, you know, you have, IFBB pro bodybuilders who name drop you. For so, sure. um, I want you to tell the people where you. Well, you've already explained where you got the bug from, but just give us a little a uh, background into, you know, your competitive history yeah. in bodybuilding and in powerlifting and how you've uh, parlayed that into other parts of your life. Right. <laughs> dude, yeah, I, I've been thinking about this a lot uh,
1: this year, especially. Um, I don't know. I, I wish I could tell you some answer for it. I, I honestly don't know. I'm a complex dude. I got problems just like everyone else. Um, and I've just been trying to solve them with the help of a barbell or exercise. That's 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 literally what it's been, right? It's like, I'm just trying to work my way through my long life problems, which everyone has, right? And sometimes they may not even be defined as problems anymore, but uh, obstacles for growth. You know what I mean? That, that That's probably a good way to look at it too. So I've just always used sport as my drug. Right. I'm a, I'm just I'm just huge on uh, everyone finding their drug in life. Right. Not necessarily a recreational drug that you smoke or something. But uh, some people really like peace and calm. Peace and calm is they get high off peace and calm. Right. Some people really like uh, feeling of submission. Some people really like to feel power. Right. Everyone's got a drug they get off. Uh, and for me, dude, my drug is just the ability to just have my body physically do something that my weak mind could never predict, right? My weak mind could never predict how fast or strong or good. It could never in a million years, right? So one of my favorite feelings is uh, getting into an activity where my own weak self has to get out of the way and watch greatness at work, right? So I would like to sit here and, and act like I have some formula, but I don't, I'm just running for something and I'm exercising like a motherfucker <laughs> during, during, during. I, w- I wish it were deeper than that, but uh, I started, I've always worked out my whole life, dude. When I was a kid, uh, you know, you play all the sports, basketball, baseball, and I had brothers, which I think was my advantage. And I, and I grew up, uh, I grew up in Bolingbrook. First, we, before we lived in suburbs in Bullenburg, uh we lived the South Shore. So uh, it oh. was just, it was just like, in the nineties. Right. So it wasn't how it is Chicago today. It was like, it was racing. It was racing on the block, on bikes, on foot, backflipping on mattresses, basketball in the garden. It was just, uh, it was just a physical, and I gotta be honest. And it's black kids I'm going against. Right. So it's competitive, right? It was just, we used our bodies to play football and I just never stopped. And by the time we got out to the suburbs, uh, my, language was sports. I had brothers. I had two brothers, one older, one younger, and we just knew outside. And we used to be uh I was obsessed with outside like kids nowadays are obsessed with Fortnite. Right. I yeah. was just always obsessed with the physical. Um and my mom put us in the sports and we to put me in any sport, right? Put me in we played a remember that game dance Center revolution DDR. When yeah we got into that we were obsessed with it. It didn't matter. Anything you can give me where I have to push myself harder and I find that I have a knack for I'll uh, I'll give my entire self to it. I'm it's just a personality type. I, I wish I, I had more. I could take more credit than that, but it's it's really not. And that's why I'm such an enigma because it comes in waves, right? Sometimes I feel like doing it and sometimes I don't do sometimes I'll, I'll go on Instagram. Sometimes I won't be there for a year. It's crazy that I'm even still surviving. I wish I could explain it, but, um, I think a piece of it, what's been so interesting to people over the years is that not only have I've done this and actually shown up in like one competitions, I think that's been, that's been the crazy part, right? To show up at nationals, to show up at these meets, like, and actually do good, right? That's been the the kicker part because I, I, but I think I look at me and I look at, I look at athletes like Randy Moss, Allen Iverson, Dennis Rodman, that's just me. That's that's who I am. I'm just a really gifted athlete who can't really get his shit together fully. And that's why I fit right in with bodybuilding. That's why I fit right in. (laughs) I'm not some golden child. So
0: uh, I I don't want to interrupt you. It's funny because you say that um, some of the best champions that we have in bodybuilding are absolute train wrecks. Right. For sure. Um, sure. You know, they don't speak on it, but we know. Yeah. Mm Yeah. You know, I love Kai Green. I hope you he don't hear this, but I mean, we all know. <laughs> I mean, you know, we ain't got really, we really got to talk about the shit. But I mean, you know. I mean, you let's be real, let's be real. You, you know, the
1: first time, uh, I, um, the first time I've got to so you, you, so when I met you, you were already like deep in it holding the mic at junior nationals like you were in the you you were like already in it and i was just getting new i was new uh and i remember the first time i found out that there was uh damaged that it was just damaged goods in bodybuilding right well and it's not against because the truth is okay let me be correct we are damaged goods but the bodybuilding does heal us it does make us better it does that's why we're doing there's no doubt there's no doubt it makes us what we think we are when I first found out that at the high level, uh, there was like cheating, scandal, right? Like inappropriate. Like I first, I was a little um, taken back, right? When I first found that out, because, you know, you look at these people and I don't want to name drop, right? And you just watch these guys, this guy's videos from this 94 Olympic, you know, you watch all this stuff and and then you finally get to meet these people and they're just like... What did you just say? What what, are you cursing at your wife? Right, you hear all this crazy stuff, and I think for me, that was one of the most shocking things for me about getting to uh the top, so to speak, right? And whether this was through uh working with Salvation, like some of the rooms I got to go, like, and it was one of the most mind blowing things to me that uh, the bodybuilder is the uh, they're not an athlete like a basketball player, we're athletes, but we're also. Uh, there's something else going on here that we're patched or it's a whole we're patching up with the rigid rigidness of a bodybuilder. the only thing I can kind of put a similar to that you could really understand would be like uh, someone in the military we are incomplete without it right we're never the same once we're vets right mm-hmm. it's just we're good on program but off program we're, we're, we're not so much and so I'm just one of those dude and I, and I own it but I will say this. The difference between me and those other people is that I took it serious as a heart attack. I take it as serious as a heart attack, right? It's just that I just don't play. I just don't play. I don't play when it comes to my training. I I just don't play. Like If I'm going to put up, let's put up. I have the type of personality where I like science. I like to read, but I love the taste of blood. I love looking at someone and saying, I'm going to beat that person that per- I love to look at someone and say there's no way that person could be like I love to fight I love war I love the battle of it um I love the competitiveness of it I love the competitiveness of myself um I, I like it I like it. it it makes me a better person because I'm naturally not those things I'm naturally gonna avoid an argument I'm naturally gonna be cool I'm not, that's just not who I am but it forces me to be literally better uh so once I figured that you can do that with bodybuilding, and people weren't, right? They were just using it to get fame in order. And I was just like, man, that that hurt me a little bit. But but like you said, man, we know we've been to all the expos, we've been to all the back back room, uh, back break rooms in the back and heard all the shit coming out of people's mouth and uh seen a young girl with this guy at the at night of the Arnold and just, right. It's just but you know what, those are my people. And, dude, that's where I come from. And that's made my career. It's made my life. And I'm never going to turn my back on who I come from. We are a weird fucking mixed up bag of people, but uh, I wouldn't have any other home.
0: It's my own. No, no, you know, and, um, you know, there's a spot. There's a spot for everybody. You know, the buzzword today, uh, the buzzword for today is diversity and inclusion, which in a lot of circles uh, is just a buzzword. you know, on, on the administrative side and ownership side, I think bodybuilding lags, but that's a that's an entirely different conversation for another day. Yeah. Um, yeah, we well, know, yeah, we get into that. We get into that, but I, I highly doubt we will because we need friends. Um, but I I, I think that bodybuilding includes everybody. And you can't turn your back on a lot of the champions, right? right. Um, you know, because again, we're all kind of broken some way and we're all trying to heal fix find Same ourselves way. um and you know not to get not to get a uh, super metaphysical or you know spiritual or anything but there's peace inside that chaos when you take that barbell out that rack sure you know your mind goes blank sure. like you have all of these waves but then your brain flatlines, and then your body goes into the mode where it's just locked in with the weight so we all thrive off of that feeling Now, uh, another question that I want to ask you is, um, you know, like I said, you're an enigma. You can possibly go. You could possibly move at any uh, spot in the United States, you know. But why continue to make your home base in Chicago, which, you know, I'm insanely jealous of because I would give my left toe to live in the city and be successful right now like you. But why why stay in Chicago? What is the what is the drawing force to keep you there?
1: of uh, it's where i do best i've been so i've been everywhere i've been everywhere right i i've i've, I've did it i did it i did the thing i did i went i lit, moved to la i lived in redondo beach for some years right i lived in california i did that couldn't catch it right i i found when i was in california i liked it i loved it but i couldn't um i don't know what's the word i'm looking for i couldn't uh blend in or else i would have to change myself i would have to become a little more californian a little more la and then you know i've been to, to I was, I was in spain for a while in europe for a little bit few months um uh, it's not I'm, not I'm a black person i want to see black people i can't well, like i i i like you know what i mean my home america has people who make me laugh from how I grew up it's not a race thing it's just I'm, I'm, I'm close to the home right I can, I can laugh in my own tongue I can hear jokes in my own language when I was in Florida same thing I'm just not a Floridian and so I basically got to a point where thank God I have enough resources I have enough of a career behind me where I could have picked up and went anywhere in the world I wanted in fact I went to Dubai for like a month and a half right I just yeah I remember and, that do yeah and I was just like yeah, I there. I have a home already. Right. It's like I uh, got to be honest, dude. I think I got so caught up in the Internet stuff because, dude, you you meet a lot of uh, you live. You know how it is. You live on the Internet after a while and you soon start to forget that you have a real uh, life of uh, what's the word? Non stars. Right. So like if I were to see you randomly in the street, me and you would stop. And have a long conversation about the thing we do because very seldomly do we meet that person in real life Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I came back home like two years ago I just wanted to lean into like uh, my community my local community I've been an international internet star for so long that I forgot what it was like just to have a a neighbor you like right in that old Going to the Cubs game accent you hear, right? In that old right. Yeah. I just, I just uh I admittedly longed for comfort, for home, to feel like uh, you know, I was in. I remember one time when I was living in Tampa, this is the thing that really did it for me, and it's stupid. The Tampa Bay uh Lightning, the hockey team, they yeah. had won the uh, whatever the cup is called, Stanley, Stanley Cup. Stanley. Cup. And uh no one seemed to give a fuck. Right, and for me, it it was weird. Right, for me, it was like, how is how are is there not fireworks, guns? How is there not? How is there not a a, a riot on the streets tonight? Um, and then I remember when the Cubs won theirs. I came back home. I literally flew home just to watch the game on TV. Just to, I didn't write. And dude, when the Cubs won theirs, I was just like, yeah, these are my people. They sound like me. They order food like me. They drink, the same, they drink the same drink I want. They call it pop, right? It's like I just needed that uh, last local community element to really inspire me to continue to be in the online environment because the truth is the online environment, I love it. It's plenty of good people. It's it, I've met even my girlfriend, right? I, I mean, I, I know everyone from the community, but uh, I still do need to make sure that I'm in a place where it's my home. I I wish there was more than that. I
0: just I like it, man. I like I said I'm insanely jealous of you. So, my wife is from. You'll come back. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know I'm working on it. I'm working on it. It's always a work in progress, right? Um, you know, you mentioned around being around black people. Omaha has a huge uh, black community, right? Um, you know, a lot of notable black history. Right. um has occurred here. Uh there's a there's a book that's out um if you get a chance to pick it up it's called 24th and glory. 24th so, and glory. 24th and glory. So essentially Gale Sayers graduated from right. here. Um you know, we got a couple of other notable stars that played on Chicago sports teams that graduated out of high school here in Omaha, Nebraska and Uh, They've gone other places. Other places have actually gotten uh, some of our star athletes, but they were all in the North Omaha area. Um, So Omaha has a deep uh, amount of black history. But again, you know. I want my son and soon to be daughter. I need them to be around and not taking away anything from Omaha, please. If anyone's from Omaha, don't get me wrong. I need my son and my daughter growing up to have that grittiness that hard let
1: me let me let me tell you something about being black from chicago yeah you walk around so proud to be a black person if you grew up here you you know you like dude i lived in uh florida for a while i live in like i lived in mississippi for a while you will see black people and you would ask them questions 18 year olds 19 year olds just ask them questions and they have like, that's the thing. You'll at least see somebody in from Chicago and he'll say something like, oh, yeah, you know, what I'm saying I'm, I'm just thinking about school, at least thinking about it, at least thinking, thinking about it. And, dude, I've, I've been some places where they're just like, no, nah, that's like it's like, do you even know who you are, what you can do, what you're capable of? Like, at least in Chicago, if even if you don't, it's my favorite part about Chicago, even if even if I am not of the higher class, right? I love to see a black girl who has a fake Gucci bag. At least she knows there's better out there, right? To me, that defines what where I'm from. We have black people here who uh, we are going to be something. And when we or, or, or if we don't make it, then, then maybe the next generation. I think there is a certain hunger and and drive and, and heartbeat that Chicago has. Right. Because we didn't dude. We came. We didn't come here to play. We came from wherever we came from, from straight up 55 from mississippi from wherever you came from and we and it's a culture that we have here dude honestly so you don't produce oprah you don't produce obama and on accident it
0: just
1: doesn't it just doesn't happen it just doesn't happen so shout out to omaha big shout out big shout out to omaha but uh the what we're doing here it's it's very uh special for for for, for us
0: it's the last in my opinion, I think Anthony Bourdain said this before he passed. Rest in peace. Chicago is the last bullshit city in the United States of America.
1: Bullshit city.
0: It's the last It's the last no bullshit city. I would say so. It's the last no bullshit city. Um, it's trying to change and it's not working, but we ain't going to get into that. I, well, you know, the thing I've realized about this place too, and I
1: think it's that thing that I just, I can't shake off. I'm from a big city I I won't lie but underneath that I'm a midwesterner I'm just that's what it is right so I can get on in Omaha I can get on in Missouri anywhere I can actually be fine I'm from the Midwest but I'm from the big city Midwest which there is no other combination of which that can be that can be done it's not like I'm from twin cities and I can go to Omaha and it's not that bad of a transition I'm from the one. I'm from the. I'm from. I went to Milwaukee the other day, uh, and dude, it was uh, a mini Chicago. I liked it, but it just wasn't. It, it just it was crazy to think that that's the second closest metropolitan to me, right? Is that is that area? It's great. It's so it was tiny. It was so small, but dude, I uh, I I think this for me personally as a person, uh, environment is everything. Environment makes who you are. Uh, there's always a nature versus nurture argument and in my case uh, take care of your nature as much as you can put yourself in the best position if you can whenever you' whenever you're whenever you can so
0: for me this is the move
1: for for right now at least so.
0: you speak of environment and nature versus nurture but let's let's right. stick on environment what does it take to build not only a champion but right. to right. someone like a client that you're trying to bring that champion out of them so they can live a more wholesome and, uh, more, uh, fulfilling life. What, 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 what does that mm-hmm. look like?
1: So, yeah, most people who work with me
0: at this point, uh,
1: most of my clients, what I've said, what they have to look like it's a combination between, uh, a lot of bikini competitors, a lot of figure competitors, a lot of bodybuilders, uh, a lot of powerlifters, probably a mix of that. And probably half the business also too, is just, um, people who just want to get strong better or swole Uh, a very small percentage of my business are beginners a very i mean i probably have one or two beginners right now out of 55 or so right um i just don't have much beginners so i think what everyone's looking at least with me specifically and what i am really proud of is that uh eventually the first round of bodybuilding expires and what i mean by that is uh you can only eat out of cold tilapia out of a plastic Tupperware so long before your family can't be with that uh, you can only do the isolation so long and before right you remember how it is you wake up doing one cardio go hit the session to eat your food right and then dude there's laundry all over the fucking place you haven't had a fucking oil change and God knows how right right I became a fucking champion off that model that I call that the isolation uh, no one touched me perfection model I could do that at 23. I could do that at 24. Uh, But what I think, what I'm learning myself and teaching people as it comes is how do you actually integrate this impossibly founded sport, right? Sean Ray told us what to do, but Sean Ray didn't tell us how to do it with a baby. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he gave us great advice. Thank you, sir. But you didn't tell me what to do when my first baby comes, right? It's like, dude, what do I do? Just get fat? Do I try? Right, and I think we're all struggling with that. Not because... Um, I'm some expert in it, but I love bodybuilding. I love lifting weights. I love strength sports so much that I refuse to give it up for uh, my life. I refuse to let uh, my goals, uh, my family, my relationships say, hey, I I don't want to look at them and say, you're the reason I didn't get my thing. That would just be my nightmare. And I find that that's a lot of people's nightmare, actually. It is. So I think a lot of people come to me, they know everything there is to know about programming. They know every, they literally, they literally know everything to know there's about Ryan the program, the nutrition. They know everything. I think the, what the reason they come to me for is because, this is not really sound crazy, they actually need a coach, right? Growing up, I had great coaches. Uh, it's hard to get someone to buy in, in my opinion. So half of my job is talking to people. It's literally like talking to people. I may be able to get someone to do, uh, let's say, all right, let's say someone has, uh, they're on a 15-week cut, right, uh, and I'm trying to convince them to not isolate from their daughter's fifth birthday party. How would we go about it? we talk. What are you afraid of? What do you think you're going to mess up on? What do you think you're going to do? The bodybuilding has to evolve. And for the formula to evolve, just like any other sport, the athlete and the coach need to be in sync on what the fuck is going on, right? It's like, what's going on? You're working those shifts at the hospital. You're in school right now. You got baby daddy dramas. Well, maybe we just go easy on a program for a month. You deal with your, right? I get involved with the whole picture, basically. Um, I try to put together a program that reflects where you are in your life. I think the difference now at 33, almost 34 now, is that I actually got a little bit of life experience to see that like, hey, this is truly a marathon. If you say that you want to do this for 25 years, uh, out of those 25 rotations, you may need to take, I don't know, 100 days out in the shade, right? We may have to take 100 days of just Hey, we'll call it right. We got a lot of time to go. So the process mostly is people who come, they know what they want. A lot of elite athletes, a lot of a lot of beginners, not, not a lot of beginners. Um, and they basically just need someone to help them manage this thing, basically a partner in how we go about this thing, and then out of understanding it, we make the appropriate calls, right? Maybe this week, then you got some crazy shit going on at work. Just do just just baseline everything down to R I R for just for the week, and just we're in the game, right? What's the other option? Sit on the couch, watch Netflix, eat Doritos, and, and cry, right? It's like so. I, basically, compromises is, is to me it seems the name of the game, and trying to coach that is what I spend all my time doing. Really, that's 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 really it. So I'm doing professionally, what I'm trying to do for myself, figure it out. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, it's really cool, man. I I like I like it. But
0: now you just mentioned up. A subject i like very much um this has become well now now the argument is reverse band or non-banded hack squat but that's 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 is that something that's going on right now it is a it's it's starting to become a battle like <laughs> you got people that can do a lot of weight with reverse bands and then you got the other <laughs> side saying hey you guys that use reverse bands or pussies go straight weight and i'm just like in the middle like <laughs> <laughs> whatever fucking works that day because i'm 41 and it hurts but whatever um <laughs> rir versus rpe right. um, so and again please tell me if i'm wrong i see them as the same right but just done in reverse so if we're going to do our rir4 right baseline then it's going to be an rpe7 but if we're talking RIR zero, then we're talking RPE 10 and above where we're going to absolute failure, obliterate the muscle, leave nothing left. Why, why is RIR effective at hypertrophy and also why is it not effective at hypertrophy? A
1: lot of context in that question, man. It's a very loaded question.
0: Uh, it's, very, it's, it's, very, it's very loaded. Uh, but think of me. And at this at this at this point, I, I want you to talk to me. I'm stupid, so d- dumb it down as much as you can. Okay. Uh,
1: when it comes to answering, in my opinion, any question in bodybuilding, right? Especially if you're going to talk about answering a question using what we know as a evidence-based tool, let's call it that right? There is no such thing uh, as um, one trick when it comes to evidence, right? Let's say, and I swear I'll get back to the question. Let's take a real example, right? Let's say your uh, knee was hurting after a squat, squat session. No big deal. You get through it. Sometimes your knee hurts. What do you do when you go home? Uh, Maybe ice, maybe ibuprofen, maybe raise, elevate, Maybe um, stay off of it. Can you tell me which one of those things worked? And the truth is, it's probably a combination of all of them. Right. I don't think any one thing did it. I think all of them worked. Uh, to me, that's the same idea when you use an evidence based tool. It's that, like choose the tool wisely. Can I technically build a house without a hammer? Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. I can just use another tool. That doesn't mean that this tool won't work right it just might be the one i like it might be the one i can handle right i might use screws instead of nails right and i might begin fine so when thinking about tools literally i literally i dumb them down to it's a tool it's a key it's a hand it's a tool that's all it is to add to the beastness of your training so rir rpe it's all contextual in my opinion uh to un rir rpe i think is the perfect um, uh, tool for what we need right now, sort of in this Instagram era, uh, chiefly because it is a little exhausting talking about intensity. RPE RIR is just intensity. So uh, when writing a program, all right, this could be a gymnastics program. This could be track and field, body, doesn't matter. Any program that uses periodization uses the same variables. Those variables, right? when you write a training block, uh, is within that entire cycle, right? let's say you want to train from today to a year. That entire cycle, as you know, would be the macro cycle. right? <clears throat> and then you break it down in the mesocycles, uh, and then whatever those mesocycles are made of weekly are micro cycles. Sometimes you can do a 10-day micro cycle, five days, seven days. It doesn't have to be seven days. We just do seven days because that's what we know right? You can use those variables of how to approach the days you train, the weeks you train anyway. You could also, and that is completely down to you. And then to make it even smaller, right? So that's the biggest piece. The next piece is then now we're getting to RIR. The next, the secondary piece is how do I adjust intensity? Intensity being what percentage of my maximum one rep maximum I close to for my training? That's all intensity is 85%, 82 and a half, 77 and a half. We've been doing this with bodybuilding for years. Then bodybuilding, they figured out uh, an easy way for you to get hypertrophy. The science said, hey, if you lift this weight and you lift it at around 75 to 80%, you'll probably grow some muscle. And so we just said, yeah, do 10 reps heavy. Because if you did two reps, two reps would put you around, I don't know, 95% of strength. So we figured if you can do 10 with it, it'll naturally get you down to about 80%. That's just that's just the ebb and flow of it. So you don't even have to think about it. The science is already embedded in the rep count. So basically, how do you determine what's what? Depends on what kind of block you're writing. Depends on the context. Depends on what you can handle. In uh, the best way, in my opinion, to look at RIR is a matter of intensity. So... If you look at intensity now, we have our block and how long we want to do it. That's a forehand conclusion. How to select this piece? It determines on what the other pieces are doing. They're all interrelated. You, you can't separate these at all. So the pieces now that we're working with are intensity. Just say, let's just move. Take pendulum squats, right? Take intensity. Uh, what percentage of your one max of your one RM are you training it? Intensity should be specific to your goal. And... If you want to say uh, another variable, right, where let's say you can't have high RPE because your knees hurt, you can't have a high nines or tens, then we need to be training at maybe, so let's say, an RIR 6 5. Now, but when you train an RIR 6 or 5, now we're training at 50%, 40%. So what does that mean? Well, we might now have to put frequency up. Maybe we do pendulum squat three times a week since we're only doing it at 50% is now I can handle more exercise to have more stimulus. So basically it looks like this to me. The total output of something you do, depending on that relative to you, depending on what the total number of reps and output you can do, that should determine what your RPE RIR is because it's all personal. It's all what you can take. It's all what you can withstand. So how long can you train at a true RPE 10? Me, you, uh, any normal person, right? The data says four to eight weeks, and then you'll probably break. You'll need a taper. You'll break down or something, right? That's about as long as you can do that. Now, how repeatable is that with the 52-week year? Not much. You got to undulate out. You got to go to eight RP. You got to go to seven. You can't just do 10-year-round. Here's where bodybuilding gets confusing, and here's where, honestly, this is really the reason why I'm a natural bodybuilder. Drugs. Drugs changes everything everything take everything i just said and cancel it out when you insert drugs this is why in my opinion bodybuilding is the hardest sport because not only do you have to get it basic you got to get it with drugs which is now new set of rules which we don't know right we don't even know how you respond to drugs right so in my opinion dude i always look at things i'm saying look at context right take it with a grain of salt right it's like how much can you wrap your head around these rpes and rirs And the truth is, dude, you just might not have to pay attention to those rules if you're just feeling good and you're in the middle of task cycle. Or let's say you don't use any drugs at all. Best bet for you is to stick to what the data says. Go off feeling, right? So it's all contextual, right? And for me, how do you spit out an answer? You run through that whole confusing gambit of what I just ran through until you compute something, right? So a dumb person like you, Dumb person like me, how do we get to choose what's what? You just say, What's the context? How many days a week am I squatting? How much am I sleeping? How much am I everything? There's no secret that body, dude. In fact, by the time you find this answer, you will have found yourself obsessed with it. Welcome to bodybuilding. That's the game. That's that's how it works. That it's, it, no one said it was an easy answer to find. You know, just right. That by the time you get it, by the time you go through this whole long, confusing spiel I did, Put it on paper, then try it for four weeks, right? Like now, right? The, by time, you will wake up one day at 40 years old and be like, I still don't know what I'm doing, right? That's that's literally, that's body, and that's why we love it. It's the endless puzzle. So sometimes I think the best answer for questions like this is contextual. It's like, how do you feel? If you feel like, and this is what I've been doing lately. Hey, man, if you got a 10 RPE day in you and you feel like you can move some big boy weight, cut them sets down do fucking two top sets and go home on each extra, right? Sometimes I do shit like that. Take it to town because you know you can't do those five sets on you no know, max weight no more. You can't do that anymore. So uh, I wish I had a clear cut answer, man, but this is why uh, as you know, with your are coaching, why people just need a coach because I will sit here and look at the wall for two hours and spit out what I think is my best answer, even though it's probably not even right, but it's an answer. It's a start. Mm-hmm. So
0: I, I think it goes back to everything. Like you said, context and, you know, it, it just depends.
1: It contacts and it just depends. And then once you do go through the process, even if you take five years to find this answer, you will still find that you have about, and this is how kind bodybuilding is in a way, you probably still have about 20 different ways to go about it and for it's all the still work, right? That's kind of the beauty of it, is that there are many ways to do it. There's not no one answer. It will still come down to... Uh, you know, some people still. I know some people who sprint before they do squats. World record holders, right? And hmm. that's there's no data for that anywhere. There's not, but works for the works works for some people, man. So, so yeah, I wish I could have answered that more clearly, but uh, the answer, as it always is, is it depends.
0: Yeah, I I I, I try not to mess people up with like uh, a convoluted question, but that like if people know. Um, about RIR and RPE because I've trained John Meadows' way. I've only dipped my toe into RIR uh, thanks to some of the guys at Renaissance Periodization. Shout out to them. Right. Um, but I I don't have a super firm grasp on either, so I'm always playing around uh, with it. So that question was kind of selfish in nature, uh, right. but hopefully one I good that- one good
1: way. Actually, I think one good way to think about RIR and RPE. I think for, for me that helps understanding clearly, is by giving it a, a sport with a meet. You can take wrestling, you take track and field, you can take uh, powerlifting. Uh, because the difference with bodybuilding and RIR and why this stuff gets confusing is because you never have a performance they meet. You do all this performing in the gym and then you show up to a pageant, right? You never actually show them what this RPE is for. So if we were going to write a program for a, a powerlifter, we would start this person and peak them. For a competition, the same way you peak with for football players, right? So the idea of RPE, so if we just made it easy, if we said RPE, RIR 0, RPE 10, if we called that 100% Ronnie Coleman squad in those uh, front squads, if we mm-hmm. called that the truest RPE 10 in our life, we would say, okay, how much do we actually need a true RPE 10 in our program? If you look at that Ronnie Coleman video and call that a true RPE 10, that common sense would say once a month, maybe. Right. It's like yeah. once a month. But if you're peaking for a powerlifting meet, you need to be doing that five days a week. Right. But not too early. So you need to be mm-hmm. at a lower RP. So you basically it's to me, it's about peaking for performance. Right. I feel like for me, the close, the higher your RPE should be is the closest it is to a break. If you have a deload coming, that RPE should be up. If you have a taper coming, that RPE should be up. If you have a competition coming, that RPE should be up. You always should show out and do that last sprint, high RPE 10 before a break comes because you can't. it's all about sustaining. Like the things I said in the beginning, right? So probably worse off explanation. I probably should stop calling on, on about
0: this. I think what <laughs> I want the audience to understand is that, like this is a, you have somebody that's very passionate about training and Ryan. So when you listen to him, I want everyone to start doing their own research and trying to find ways to refine their own training because there's holes in everyone's training, mine, yours, everyone else's, that can be filled. And those uh, fatigue indicators could probably be something that's missing from people's training. Now another question that I have is, uh, you know, fat loss, body comp, recomp. Mm-hmm. Take me through that for a natural bodybuilder, right? Regular lifestyle person. What does that look like?
1: Yeah. So the closest thing, if I had to say, the method that we use uh, for years, Elaine Norton one. We've been using Doctor Joe one. The one that this it's been the one for years. The macros, the long dieting, right? Like I said, diet twenty four weeks, thirty weeks, right? That long stuff. The closest thing I can resemble it to is Weight Watchers, right? I think, in my opinion, in America, Weight Watchers has one of the most genius plans. So instead of taking macros, uh, which is ultra-specific in terms of amounts, it just does something a little more uh, broader, right? The next step would be calories, but instead of calling it calories, they just call it points, which, in my opinion, is genius, right? It just gets gets the broad stroke of what we need to do. So if we were to look at a Weight Watchers program – what they basically do in white watchers and they used to do this back in the day before it was all as virtual. Um, what you would do is that you would be with the community. So you'd be with a group. That's kind of what bodybuilding is, right? You're always natural bodybuilding has a huge community. Uh, so there's people around, you can use the internet for it, which I think is the biggest spur to it. You can share your progress in that community. Weight watchers, there's weigh-ins, right? You go, you step on the scale. It's fucking crazy now that I think about it. You step on the scale in front of everybody, right? To see how well you've done. But, you're giving macros, you're giving points, you're giving food already prepped for. You. So it's the same idea. So what you basically do is that uh, like programming and training, you'd say, all right, let's say let's see context. Who are you? What are you? Uh, I think the biggest place to start for me is uh, ask people what they want to do, which it? What do they want to do? Two uh, what's your history? Just like most anything in life, right? Whether it be making money and stock market or anything, the best indicator of future behavior is past behavior. A person is going to do what they've always done. They can improve, but it's going to be a derivative of what they've done. No one can just start a key program if you've never had any struggle, right? It just doesn't work. It just won't work that way. So for me, I always look at what a person has done historically uh, and what a person is trying to do and meet the bridge there because I think. In this sport, there is not a lot of pe- people who are actually nailing what they want to do, uh and what they have historically done. I think sometimes if you look at what people have historically done, and then they're like, "Also, oh, I want to look like Chris San Juan." It's like that's a little unrealistic, right? Because like I'm I'm not going to look at the stock that has been making a dollar a day and say, "Yeah, but I wanted to make a hundred a day." It, yeah. Right. History. History just doesn't show that 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 may happen. So for me, I say, all right, well, let's take uh, where where you are today. What's your disposition today? What would be the best tool to take one step forward? Sometimes, depending on a person's, let's take a few case studies. Right. Let's take some real people that I just actually literally just started a few days ago. Uh, so I have one girl. Um, she had a baby. Uh, she's got a two year old now. She's still she's a powerlifter. She's strength sports. She does a lot of running and stuff like that. So her nutrition, she's trying to figure out basically how to get back. And I said, all right, well, what have you done? What's the most you've done in the past? Uh, because with dieting and nutrition, skill set is huge. Skill set is everything, right? Dieting isn't so much about uh, the method, but it's like how good are you at it? How good are you at being hungry? How good are you, uh, what's your stamina to say no at birthdays? What's your stamina to say no to alcohol? Like It's all learned behavior, this dieting that we do. That's why we can hold it and then we dump it, right? So I see what your history has been. How have you actually dieted in the past? And based off that, I determine on how hard and strict the protocols should go. So sometimes, contextually, let's say this girl. She's been off for a minute. She's dieted okay. i rather start her off with In this case a range eat this minimum amount of protein for your macros eat this maximum amount could be a 25 gram range same thing for carbs uh don't try don't don't try to put unrealistic expectations on someone who's just not there yet i think that's where bodybuilding has failed is that it slapped the hardcore model on people and the only people that have survived are the people capable of thriving and there's like a 90% failure rate right and we don't talk about that right if we're if we are to ever be CrossFit, we have to have a higher acceptance rate right and that doesn't mean making it easier it just means. Giving people a method that they can actually use right, so this means sometimes, like I said, put in caloric targets. Maybe forget forget food, forget macros. Putting fiber targets, right? Like where are people's weaknesses and in, in where they need to step up. So let's say this first week, me and you are starting. And I'm like, all right, well, what's your protein? Let's say your protein's been low. Let's just get you back to 150, respectable. Let's do that for the first two weeks. Show me we can do that for the first two weeks. And you know, sure enough, if you've been eating like shit and you can get your protein protein to 150 for two weeks, you will improve like crazy. You will take steps forward. And if we can get the protein to 150, then that means if you can get protein 150, we can get it to 165, and we can probably get your carbs under 400, right? So sometimes I just take people apart slowly till I can get them to that kind of promised land. Because the thing that I found, dude, with nutrition, it's just overwhelming to change the way you eat. Because nutrition isn't uh, this light topic. Nutrition is culture, right? Like, if you decide this summer you're going to diet, What do you also decide? You didn't just lightly decide like, yeah, I just want to lose a few pounds. No, no, no. You decided that all cookout invites. I'm good. Good, Done. You just right. You've decided that you're either not going to go or you're going to show up and do this. The water. I'm good. I'm good, dog. And right. And everyone knows you're slow. So they're giving you shit. Right. So, so, right. You have to decide that. So you have to be strong enough to do that. Did your I hate to say it, is your mother sick? well, I wouldn't diet. You don't seem to have the strength, right? It's like, where are you in your life that you can actually do this thing? It's it's so insanely contextual, right? It's, it's the same way, like, if I asked you um, uh, for your children, right, who are very young and unborn, you have no idea what their path will be, but you're going to do your best based off the context of today to make the right call. Sometimes you might raise your voice. Sometimes you just might explain yourself, it's not, Right. It depends on the day and you live and you learn, you go with it. So for me, man, I look at nutrition as we know what a hundred percent adherent looks like. It looks like it looks like it it just it it literally it looks like Flex Wheeler DVD. We know what perfect looks like. We know Mm. what it looks like. We know what it looks like. At a person anywhere in that spectrum from zero to one hundred, and I say, how do I get you close closer to Flex Wheeler? You may only be capable of seventy five percent. So my goal may be to be like, what is what is seventy five percent look like? Seventy five percent looks like you go out to eat uh once every two weeks, but you don't splurge.
0: That's and, a win. And,
1: that's a win, right? So I think I'm in the game now uh, in coaching, especially. With no longer focusing so much on... With my elites, I have to. With my elite athletes, there is no wiggle room. There's none, right? You have to be perfect. But for someone who's not an elite, who's not currently hot competing right now, I'm trying to find ways that I compromise. We make results. I'm sure you don't go as fast. You can always go faster. Uh, but it's a marathon out here. It really is a marathon out here. And it's like, hey, man, how long can you run that fast? Because I'm trying to do this until I'm 60-something at least. At the very like, so, so yeah, man, that's that's what I try to do nutrition wise. I try to focus on those dominant factors. Dominant factors being number one caloric range, right? If you're sloppy, a sloppy is sloppy. Dominant factor number one is getting your caloric range in target. Dominant factor number two, if you can do calories, if your calories are in check, let's get you a protein minimum. Dominant factor number three would be all right, we got a protein minimum, let's put all our other macros in range. If we got all our macros in range, if we can do that then, damn, we might even be able to get specific macros. And if we can get specific macros, we might not even be able to carb cycle now. And if we can carb cycle, right? So I just basically build it until it looks like that. And I have to decide and you have to decide what piece is most vital. What is the most dominant piece? And sometimes that piece may just be you need to sleep more. Right? So uh, it's all (laughs) very – what's the word I'm looking for? individualized I wish I wish there was a book on this and this is why it's so elusive uh, you just have to listen you have to kind of give a fuck honestly right because it's a person you're still diagnosing here um, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't even say you need to be passionate I don't think you need to be passionate about it I think you just need to be able to enjoy solving puzzles in your in your mind um, so for me I don't make it mathematical like you I don't have a strong math brain I make it creative I make it fun. I put myself... out, Dude, I I remember when I first hired a coach, I got lucky, right? I hired Blaine Norton. I hired the fucking coach of coaches. I got lucky. I always want people to have a very similar experience that I have when they work with me. It's like I had such a good coaching experience and I have been hearing nightmare stories about some people. You hear them all the time. You know what I mean? Uh, And some people come to you even from old coaches and they come so damaged. And you're like, we don't do things that way here, right? It's like we... Right, it's patience here, right? It's different here. So uh I don't know, man. I'm I'm trying to give these people as much as I can. Uh even though me personally I feel like uh I'm not that anymore, right? I'm not a bodybuilder perfectly anymore, but I still respect where I was when I was that and the patience that someone gave me when I was there, right? And I and I want to do that same thing. So uh man, I have not given you one clear answer on nutrition or training.
0: <laughs> so. hey, you you are absolutely fine. This is oh. actually this is this is actually the Ryan I was hoping for. <laughs> this I, is the I'm only serious. version, dude. This is the only this version there is. This is this is the Ryan I was hoping for. Uh, tell me about Fortis to CQ. I wish I knew
1: more. I see. That's my thing. I don't know fucking anything, man. Uh, Fortis is I'll be honest. So when I first started in stuff in, in the industry, I wanted to work in supplements. Supplements was like what I wanted to work in. Right. And this is also like this is us who watched uh prime time super pump 250, right? I was there for that, right? Like I was, I was there for, and it'll explode. I like, right? I remember when supplements were like. They just I remember like, Shannon like Sharp at EAS, right? I remember supplements, <laughs> dude, being yeah. supplements.
0: Like they just explode. Like they were. Like we've already, we knew they were there. Yes. and we and we used them you know you had your protein powder you had your car powder but like pre-workouts came along around about 2000 and it just exploded out of nowhere when i think about nowhere
1: it. out of nowhere dude you know what i will say this i think somewhere i don't know but i know somewhere around the 2000s uh big players started to get involved right like like Post, the cereal company has bought Dymatize. Uh, Glambia, what's that milk company? They bought Optimum in uh, BSN. So I, I know that supplements finally started to become uh, somewhat of a big player around there. I'm not sure because I the biggest supplements before then were just uh, kind of hit-and-run supplements. It was like uh, ephedrine, remember those ECA stacks people used to run, right? It was yeah. just like things that could be in the market for a while until the FDA figured out to ban it, right? Um, what were those things people used to take? Those kind of steroidy things. They were called pre hormones. Yeah, yeah, for hormone pro hormones, right? Dude, oh. and that's the thing. Anything in supplements that uh has worked, eventually we put it on the list of like, yeah, that's definitely it should be banned, right? Because anything that works in supplements other than, in my opinion, creatine monohydrate in whey protein. I mean, those are the bang for buck supplements. I think anything other than that, um, we're talking it'll improve you at one to 2%. It'll improve you, right? Outside of fish oil and the basics, right? But everything is your choice, right? Uh, caffeine is, I don't even know what to count that as a supplement or a drug because it's a drug. It really, it works. That's why it works so well because it's not a supplement. It's a drug, exactly. you know? So, so anyways, I wanted to get into supplements and that was my dream, man. I started, because I started this industry working in a vitamin shop. Like I was like my first job and everything. And so uh, when I first got in and like out of school, Uh, I started DeNovo. DeNovo was the first supplement company that I did with Ben Escrow. It's now uh, Elemental Supplements with – I forgot his uh, his partner's name now. But initially, that's what I got into. And I did that, and we did it from scratch. And, dude, we just built it from the basement. And uh, with natural bodybuilding, right, it was that thing. It was that – not too many people know me, but a lot of people know me. It was crazy, right? Like, it got everywhere, right, with DeNovo. I remember we got on, like, the Tim Ferriss podcast and stuff. It was wild. It was crazy. Like, we really – uh, picked up some steam on that. But the truth was, dude, uh, with DeNovo, we grew very fast. And we were just like uh, young guys. <laughs> right? like we were just having fun, doing great, phenomenal work, but we were just having fun. Uh, I honestly think that I couldn't, I wasn't ready for all that success of DeNovo. I think it came uh, a bit fast. So in DeNovo, and I'm sorry I'm going to afford this, uh, not just talking some old story, uh, when I had to leave supplements, I had to figure out what I wanted to do, truth, on honestly, right? Um, and so for all the reasons that I left, it was me and them and the differences we had. Uh, I basically wanted to make it as peaceful as I could. So I said, all right, I'll just do my thing. I'll just go back to YouTube and stuff and getting back. And I miss the people because in supplements, you don't talk to people. You talk to the manufacturers. You don't talk to a person anymore. You're just talking to email. like right? I miss talking. I don't do this stuff anymore so i said all right i'll continue coaching i've been doing a little coaching and so i kind of came up with fortis uh and fortis to me i think kind of represented like where the industry was at the time this is only a few years ago four years ago uh it was almost the beginning of like personal brands and i it was for me it was kind of huge to leave supplements and kind of come back uh and i kind of saw what was missing in my opinion uh it was coaches who were capable of having this conversation that i'm having right now right it was a lack of emotional intelligence when it came to strength uh you only saw one or two types of strength right you saw brute strength no think or you saw all thinking no brute uh and i there's a bridge to it i just i just really think it's both it's both it really is and so for me fortis is strength lat for latin and then eq is uh, the shorthand for emotional intelligence. like iq is you know intellectual so i really think that for me, I, I wanted to make sure I put out a pro- service and product that um when I'm coaching, there is not only the foundations and you actually come in here to be in the trench, the trench first. It's always it's a dogfight first, though. It's always a work first. But I think the second thing is actually like getting past it. Right. I saw this video, ironically enough, uh of Kai Green and. uh some guy, he competed. I don't even know what's going on in the industry anymore, man. This guy, he's a huge guy. He's this African, West African dude. He makes oh, a lot of scary him. face. Right, yeah, you're right. And I don't know how he did, but I body built. And so I saw his face backstage after the show. It was a video. And I was like, oh, I know that face, right? Like, it wasn't the one that looked like a winner's face, right? It, we, It's black and white in bodybuilding. It's nothing against him. He could have took second or third fall and I don't know. Um, but he really was having a hard time with it. So what I think is the difference between 40 CQ in this video is that in this video, uh, Kai did that thing we do. He said, we got to shake it off. We get back to the gym in the morning. We hit it hard. And the guy was like, yes, sir, yes, sir, and all this stuff. And they just kind of uh, swept how he felt under the rug. And I've come to find that nothing is more important in, for the individual athlete. This is not a team sport. Nothing's more important to the individual athlete than how they feel. Performance is tied 100% in how a athlete feels. Right? I think we kind of cover it in motivation. Uh, but for me, motivation is sorting out how you feel and finding a reason to get up and continue doing it. That's how I stay motivated, right? Because I don't want to do it, but you have to dig after. After so, so instead of just doing what Kai did, I've really done this. I would go up to my athletes and. Take responsibility for what I did wrong. I, I, I should I should have listened to you. You're right. I should have listened to you. That was wrong in me. Um, this is this is gonna suck. We gotta lose tonight. Uh, but let's just lose. Let's just lose. Let's cry. Let's get it out. If you gotta go back to the room and cry, just I actually face uh, what the whole process is, and I use a little bit of basic human. I mean, it's not it's not right. I just think bodybuilding is afraid to talk when somebody loses. They're afraid to open up and say how they felt after all that work 12 weeks you gave up right and the only way to get better is to process it if you get beat down by somebody and you just got to go back and not talk about how you feel in a physical fight that's going to fuck you up a little bit you got to be able to go back and be like yo man i just i felt this way about it right and now i can get it out i can process it and i can go back to fighting again cuz the whole thing is getting back in the trench and staying in the trench uh, and, dude, there's nothing worse than when you get a mental bump in bodybuilding and you just can't overcome it because you can't talk about it. Because all you can do is throw your hoodie up, get back to it, and uh, lock it down even more. That's how you get a nice, you know, 60-pound-up off-season one of these days. You just explode and you don't know why, what happened. So, for me, it's all about treating these athletes like athletes, uh, bringing in a lot of stuff with the science, but also just treating people like people, right? And... It's not popular, right? I a, a person like me, I should have 500 clients or something like that, but I can't. I have to have individual relationships. I have to remember people's name. I have to uh, talk to them. So for me, it's a much more rewarding business for this. And it's really the beginning of it. I have no clue what I want to do with it. Uh, I'm only this year now, after four and a half years of having business, I just made like some shirts, right? <laughs> it's like I have no clue what I want to do with it, but uh, i plan to be around a fitness for a while so i'll just let it continue to grow and put a little stuff around it some podcasts and stuff like that so um but its central tenets will remain and i'll let it grow as it does it will be that the athlete uh, is the most important thing in the operation of coaching, right? And having a good relationship with that athlete is everything that matters. Uh, knowing it, it sounds dumb, man, but it's just actually knowing your athlete makes a difference in their performance because now there's two people involved emotionally in it as opposed to just one, you know what I mean?
0: I do, I do. Um, you know, you speak on the emotional quotient a lot. I, I've seen a lot of people... They have a difficult time. In fact, I was I was actually talking with um, a friend um, through DM. They took it was their first show. I think it was an IPE show. I don't remember. It was out in Las Vegas. They took second in their class. First time competing within that, they did a tremendous body transformation, like from zero to hero. And this brother was mad that he took second saying he was first loser and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, whoa, young fella, hold on. Um, I hate to be that young fella guy, but I am now. That's what it is. Um, I communicated to him that, hey, you should really not get down on yourself because you finished second at your first show because that's a slot that a lot of people, including myself, would love. That's number one. Then number two, and I'm listening to him say how disappointed he was, but I'm also trying to temper that disappointment with uh, a push for a little bit more motivation, right? Because for he sure. lives in Las Vegas. He lives at a place that is now for all intensive purposes, the Mecca of bodybuilding. For sure. For 100%. So I said, instead of taking that disappointment, and like driving yourself into the ground and calling yourself first loser understand that yes you're gonna sting for a little bit but also understand you're in the unique position of having the accessibility of having champions in various divisions i oh of- to you like i've looked at the price of flex wheelers of not flex wheeler flex lewis's gym. i'm of the thought process and you know Me and other black people like we divide on that. I will pay over a hundred dollars a month to train at Flex Lewis's gym. It's
1: It's on how much?
0: It's over, it's like 120, 140 something dollars. Hey, I used to train at MI
1: 40. You know what MI 40 is? No, how much? $200 a month, bro. What? And let me tell you, dude, I never had better training. I think, uh, whatever Ben Pekolsky, I don't know. Ben is up to something different these days, right? Mm-hmm. But when he was in Tampa in his prime, Ben Pakalski stuff, uh, how many members were at that gym? I want to say outside of Ben and his staff, who were all fabulous IFBB pros, people I love, Joe Hyperchopy Joe, right? Probably actual members 15. And it was just a playground for two hundred dollars a month and it was like and i had a fob 24 hours a day so for me i know it's a very if you ever i do there there is no in my opinion uh, gym worth two hundred dollars but if you can basically get a key to this ifbb playground right that to me was uh, probably the most expensive membership I ever had. And it was definitely the most the most worth it. Only, it was but I'm a sucker for no one else being in the gym. I'm a sucker for that. I'm same. a sucker for no one else being in the gym. And that same. was basically guaranteed. You know what I mean? So but yeah, that's an expensive
0: gym. Yeah. And I, I said, is, is it's you know, that gym in Vegas is expensive, but also at the same time, the intangibles that you get. Oh my uh, goodness proximity to champions oh my goodness knowledge top-notch facility perspective you know perspective. that 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 is something that me and my me and my wife would fight on if we lived in Las vegas like look 135 dollars <laughs> goes to the gym 135 dollars goes to what 135 dollars goes to the gym
1: period and and you mad. know what dude uh, we um my girl and i went out yesterday uh just just to get out the house it was a holiday we stayed at the house and cooked and we just literally went out to this restaurant, this little Chicago spot, Papa Galino's. and uh, we just went out and got a drink. She had a little iced coffee, something, and you know, the, and uh, that was basically it, right? But I said, how much was it to come in this place and pay rent just to be in this room for about an hour and have two coffees? And I was like, yeah, that's that that's about twelve dollars, right, to have a two. And I'm just like, if I would pay twelve dollars to come and have a drink people go to Starbucks, right? People have their things. The only thing in my heart that I really want to do is either spend time uh, in, in a gym or outside. I find that I'm old enough and I'm expert enough. I only have one gym membership now. And it's a decent price. It's like $50. But like, I've had three mem- gym memberships if it didn't work out, if I needed to. That's one thing I've never been short on myself with is gym memberships, dude, because, dude, that is my only thing. I don't buy fishing rod equipments. I don't have an Xbox. but I, I don't have anything else. All I have is my gym. That's it. That, that, that's my main thing. So I'm with you. And if you ever need someone to help fight your wife for that, if you ever end up in Vegas, I would stand witness to help you fight.
0: i I appreciate that she's really she's really good about it because i have uh i have two right now um you know both amazing facilities uh one of them even ran by a friend so she she's pretty good about it as long as as i just keep it at two for sure (laughs) so so my last question before i let you go and i appreciate you staying on with me for so long um what can we expect from ryan doris in the future what where, where 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 are you headed what 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 is it that ultimately you want to leave on this earth as a legacy
1: i don't know man you know i i feel like that's been my answer for everything uh i will say this there are some people out there who i look at and i admire and they sit upright, and they speak with greatness, and they know the answer to everything. I'm just one of those dudes who's just a floater. The difference, though, is that I'm a hard-working floater with whatever I float into. So, uh, what I feel like right now, if I had to say, it, if I had to be clear and put it on the record, uh, I am going to change. Uh, I don't want to say it to sound without cocky. I'm going to change the game again. I think the same way that I was bodybuilding and I was doing some weird weird stuff in school where like whatever, and it weren't. it's become the standard. And I think the same way that I left at the peak of my bodybuilding and powerlifted, raw powerlifting at that, and now it's raw. You can't see enough of raw powerlifting, right? I feel right now I'm ahead on the forefront of something right now, and everyone thinks I'm a little crazy just talking about it. I feel like I'm going to enter a new type of exercise, uh, and I have a feeling that it will become the new standard in some time. This, this is me just saying this. It's going to be a combination of, and this is what I'm focused on. Right now, the hot take right now was CrossFit, uh, and right now the hot thing is uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Right? There's always right. a little bit of a crossover that you can do with strength sport. There are, there's always something. Um, but... I feel like there's a new hybrid coming out, in uh, this hybrid's a special hybrid and I see a lot of people doing this already. And I'm going to try to lean into this and I already am. Uh, it's going to be a combination of uh, people who are bodybuilding, getting jacked. That's going to be the bread and butter. Uh, but we're also going to be running, biking. Uh, we're also going to be doing body weight stuff, calisthenics, plyometrics. Uh, we're going to be bodybuilders who are actual killer athletes we're gonna be we're i'm gonna have the size of a bodybuilder um and my flexibility is gonna be right i'm i think there's gonna be a huge movement of that coming back of bodybuilders who just look like straight up football players we already see it a little bit on instagram with some of those dudes in florida who were like who the hell is this fucking dude right like we see it a little bit um but i think fitness itself is going to be making a huge shift uh as it always does and i think one of the one of the many corners that you can occupy uh i'm hoping to be on the forefront of it again and it's a huge gamble it's going to be a big gamble i'm giving up my titles and ranks in two things i've accomplished and i'm going to go for it again so uh i'm going to go with my gut i'm not trying to be creative i'm not trying to be uh, i'm just going with how i genuinely feel i have no interest to squat 500 pounds I have no interest to bodybuild seven days. I just don't want to do it. But I want to bodybuild five days a week. I do want to run twice a week. I do want to squat once a, right? So I'm going to try to see what the hybrid looks like uh, as I feel the high. You see a lot of people doing stuff, boxing, micro she, right, and all doing all types of crazy stuff. Uh, so I feel like uh, a big part of what I'm doing now is going to be uh, Instagram Elite ath- Athletics. Uh, I've put all of my elite athletics into competing and I feel like now I'm about to take that same fervor and energy. Uh, I got to be honest, there's no competition I really want to do anymore, right? Nothing excites me. Uh, I want to make up a competition myself, right? And I have a feeling that we'll be seeing a lot more of what I'm doing now. And I know people probably won't care, but uh, I think it'll happen. I really do think it'll happen. I really do think, I think the space for, uh, Bodybuilder athletes, flexibility, gymnast stuff—we see it all the time. We see it in Juji Mufu, right? We can't stop looking at him. We're like, how is this jacked guy doing the split, right? We can't—we see it already. It's already happening, right? We see Steve Cook, this guy who was at the top of the uh, male uh, physique game. I see, I see Steve Cook now, like running hills, doing push-ups on vacation, bodyweight stuff, and he's still jacked as he wants to be, doing the Biggest Loser. I'm starting to see the mainstream spillover of pure bodybuilding into it uh and i uh i think i'm gonna leave i think i've been a purist i think i've been a pure powerlifter a pure bodybuilding my whole life and i think these are my years uh where i enter uh, no longer being a purist athlete anymore no longer being a specific competitive athlete anymore and i'm just gonna venture into something crazy something crazy jacked and bonkers in bonkers and that so I don't know what it is. It may make no dollars. It may make, but dude, my heart and soul want this as bad as I've wanted anything else. So I figured I'll use that same formula. And this is only my third one. Mind you, I've been doing this for 13 years and this is only my third thing, which I feel like I really want to do. So that's going to be it, man. It's going to be me staying faithful to what I do, going against the grain and uh, hopefully learning and bringing in and implementing some, some new stuff the same way that I remember when I first, did a bodybuilding prep back in 2011 and I did all hit cardio and I did, uh, you know, I ate like Turkey, uh, pepperoni and stuff like that. Right? I was in crazy shit Right, I was in crazy shit. So I'm willing to do one more. I think this is going to be my last one. I'm 33 now. I think this is going to be my last one. This is going to be my, it's going to take 10 years to do it too. This is going to be my last huge commitment. I think being an elite, I hope to inspire and have people who bodybuilders and say, hey, man, I bodybuild, but I would really like to get out on my canoe once a week. How can I do that? Right? I -hmm. I it, right? Enough of this branch-worn stuff where you got to be stiff as a board. I think people are looking to celebrate life in their body and be mobile and be jacked. I don't think anyone wants to give up being jacked. I think that's the thing, right? Because people make this conversion and they get skinny. I don't want to get skinny. I want to be jacked, right? Mm -hmm. I want to be... I want to be jacked. So we see it. We see it. We see a little small things of it happening already. We see these Instagrammers doing it. Um, but I think there has been no one who's actually shown up and been jacked to shit. who has been squad to 600. hundred, have been running half a mirror. I don't think there's anyone actually doing it. Right. And I feel like uh, I'm ready to tap into that thing, whatever that thing is. So and I got no competition. It's just something I want to do. So um, the competition is me. I feel like so evolving the fitness man
0: i'm excited to see uh to see what you come along with it'll
1: take a long time it'll take a very long time but i'm excited for it it'll be my last
0: build i imagine well hopefully instagram and facebook don't go nowhere within the next 10 years i know i know i think
1: i think it'll be here uh i hate to say this but uh it'll a form of instagram and facebook i think it'll be here forever i don't i don't think i know how to communicate otherwise
0: yeah, no, and that's funny. We we've, we've been we've been tied in since MySpace to the internet, and you know, it's, it's it's insane. But I'm excited to see it. Uh, I thank you for bring for being on the podcast. Uh, for sure, man. Is I know you're busy, so I'm gonna let you go. It's probably getting to be dinner time. I know it's dinner time <laughs> for me because uh, I'm on the I'm on the bro schedule of trying to eat every couple hours.
1: How many hours? So, are, how many meals are you eating right now?
0: Right now I'm at five. Okay,
1: but we're including okay.
0: protein shakes within that five, okay, right?
1: Okay, okay. That's that's really doable. That's really doable. I,
0: I'm I'm trying to get to six, but right now six isn't like feasible with my schedule. So
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm at three meals a day. Sports. I'm at three meals a day right now. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's been great. I like it. I get to eat a lot every meal in uh it's not ideal for protein bolusing but Mm -hmm. what is more ideal for right that's that's about the cutoff it's about four when it gets like really ideal with leucine and stuff like that but i'm also realizing i'm at a point now too i don't actually need i don't actually want to i'm not actually trying to gain 10 pounds of muscle right so it's like right I, i if anything i'm just trying to keep the muscle i have always improve small things here and there but I just I just don't think slabs are in my future not from a, a pessimistic or lazy attitude but I've been lifting very hard for a long time I just don't think that I just don't think there are any more slabs to be found right I think I can look better but uh, I just don't think that that my leucine frequency of four boluses a day versus three matters that much if my protein is still high, uh, high enough. at this phase I wouldn't tell that to somebody because another phase, but I think for this phase, and then honestly, gastrically, I just poop a lot better with three meals versus five. I, I'll be honest, I just feel more solid digestion happening. So
0: it's funny because I haven't competed in seven years, so 50 to 60, maybe even 70 percent of my diet was complete. Shit. Right. So you know, I needed to like, I people think I'm on a show prep if a show happens, a show happens, but really, what this is is that. I needed that grind of preparing for something. Preparing people for prep, even if you do, right. Exactly. Like people underestimate how valuable that type of grind for sure, is for sure. at a certain point in your life. Because now I'm entering, I have a baby on the way. I have a son. I have work. I have things I'm trying to accomplish with tenacity strength. So I need that regiment of... Sure. I know what I'm training. I know I need to do cardio. I know I need to hit this number for protein, carbs, and fats every day, depending upon if it's a high, sure. medium, or low day. So that helps me plan my day out better because before it was just kind of haphazard with the eating. You know, we go to you... Costco to get food, and it's like, oh, hey, babe, I just want a slice of pizza. Hell oh, yeah, I want a slice. Why of
1: not pizza. pizza, hot dog? Hey, but yeah. you know what the thing is, dude? Uh, and this is for you, me, and this is for everyone. Uh, You've been doing this a long time, I've been doing this a long time, listeners, how long you've been doing this, you will never in a million years, and you can look at America in general, you will never stumble into a diet regimen. If you ever want to get your diet together, you have to literally make yourself so upset you currently are to get it together. There is, in my opinion, no other way. There's no other way. There's no other way. If if that if it were easy, then America would be doing it. We wouldn't have this issue that we have, right? We just have an overeating issue here because the food is so good. I mean, come on, right? It's everywhere, dude. I was going somewhere one time. I didn't. Even, I was literally. I was. I, I forgot where I was going, and it didn't matter. I got off the plane, and it was a short flight. Maybe like an hour to St. Louis, and not even. Like, it was a very short flight. And there was like I, you get off in the ter- terminal and then there's food places everywhere. And I'm like, I'm hungry now. I didn't know I was hungry, but it's so actually hard in this space because there's so much food. So, dude, I'm telling you, the thing you're doing now, the only way you will ever get back into a good diet in reg- regime is if you put a gun to your head and you say, I have to do this because this matters to me. And if I don't achieve this, I'll be embarrassed or ashamed of myself, I I wish there was another way to do it. There's just no nice way to go about it. But once you get started, it gets nice, right? Once you get into routine, it gets nice. But the startup, dude, it's a lot. I always think about dieting and training in any phase. I always think about it like like a rocket ship, right? The first 10 minutes are going to be very violent, rocky. It's going to take a lot of gas, a lot of thought. But once you get out of lower orbit, you're your butter, right? Once you're into routine, you're into routine, but it's going to take a lot of rocket fuel to get that thing rolling up and started. So uh,
0: it's, it's, it has, it hasn't been super kind, right? So like seven years of habits and undoing that is very difficult, very difficult. You know, you have an Oreo here, you have a, a piece of smoked sausage there, you have a piece of burger there. And you know, subconsciously, like, this is going to add up. You need to stop. But the thing that I'm doing, the thing that I'm doing, and yes, I do. I do have a competition in sight. The thing that I'm doing is that. And I want other people to understand this. And I want other people to internalize this and do it for themselves. Exercise yourself enough forgiveness to say, hey, I screwed up. Let's get back on the wagon. Sure. But when we get back on the wagon, we need to ride that motherfucker harder than what we've been riding. For
1: sure. Give yourself grace and fight harder and harder. And that's the ebb and flow of it, man. That's it. That's that's it. It will literally never get perfect. It will literally it will literally never get promise. It's always going to be rocky. And it's always going to be a fight. And the only way for you to stay into that regiment. It's to just get so much momentum in it that you're in it. But there's always going to be something that will break it. There's Mm -hmm. always going to be people who pass and stress you and get you out of routine. There's always going to be people at work stuff. There's always going to be stressors. So the game is get down, get up, get down, get up. And what better analogy is our nutrition and the way we eat for that than a reminder for that to channel into us as people, dude. So I'm glad to see it, man. I've been, dude, I've been, I've been I've been, I've been rebooted on you, actually. You're one of the people. That I've been kind of following. Uh, I don't want to say like closely, but I've just been paying more attention to you a lot more lately. Um, I can't explain it. I've just been on this weird quest lately of what I told you. What I'm trying to do with my fitness and stuff, and I'm borrowing corners from everyone of the energy I want to be around. You uh, currently bring some of that, uh, some of that old energy that I that I started out with, right? Like we, you, me, and you come from the same school. So mm-hmm. it's good. Right. So it's good to see someone from my school doing stuff because sometimes you may do something and I just forgot that even exists. Right. You may say something. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, that I, I forgot. Like because when you're out for seven years, you forget that there's such thing as a superset or a cluster set or right. You just you just be forgetting sometimes. Right. It's not that you forgot that it exists, but to use it, you forgot. So it's been cool. I got a few people I've been kind of watching that I'm I'm picking stuff from. And I'm trying to create this little monster, dude. So I appreciate you as well, man. You've been getting after it, posting your sweaty pictures. <laughs> man, look, thing, man.
0: At, If 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 you don't if you don't get anything else from what I'm what I'm posting, know that the stair stepper is evil. The stair stepper is evil. It don't care Doesn't who care, you man. are or what you do, but it's it's very evil. I will make an
1: argument, though. I don't know if you've used one of these new age uh, pre-core stair steppers, uh, but they're nice on the toes. Right. You remember the stair stepper used to come up and smash your toe into the stairs? Yeah. These new age ones, they got like these little rollers where you can't smash your toe in between the new and coming.
0: That's nice.
1: Oh, that's nice. That I will take. That's the one improvement to the stair stepper that I will take.
0: That's definitely. Are you at export?
1: No, Are I'm you? at, uh, I train at a r- gym in
0: I'm Rosemont. Okay. What's what's the name of it?
1: It's just Rosemont's gym. It's a bunch of uh, local guys, cops, union, firefighters. Okay. It's just their community. Because, yeah. you know, Rosemont is just a cop city. They don't got nothing else. but.
0: Yeah, they ain't got shit there. They had junior nationals. That screwed up, too. Um, but um, no. It's down the I, street from there, basically. Okay. Yeah, no, definitely. I'll be on the lookout for those. Um, but no, I, any, any, any step mail that can at least make me somewhat comfortable, I'll take, sure. but it's, it's an evil thing, but I'm gonna let you go, man. I really appreciate, appreciate you, you man. I really do. Um, you are kind of like my link, one of my links to back home and I peep that Chicago flag in the background. So <laughs> I, I definitely, I do, I have not been home since 2017. Yeah. You haven't been home. Yeah, I have not been. That's home. it.
1: That's that's the only way I can say it is that you have not been home. Uh, this place, as you know, uh, it looks the same every time you come back. Not much has changed, uh, but dude, it it's you long for it. I it's I, right. I wish I, I know everyone on this listening is not from Chicago, but there's something about being from a place uh, with pride, right? Like I've lived in places like. Not everyone cares that they live in, um, I don't know, Tulsa, Oklahoma. They're just from there, right? Some people are yeah. just from where they're from. That's not the case here. No one just so happens to be from here. Everyone knows where they're from. They have an opinion about it, right, good or bad. Uh, and, yeah, dude, I just – and it's summertime right now. I Dude, come on. It's just, Man. Yeah. i seen one of the pools opening today from the city, and it's just – I was like, oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's – on dude it's on man so
0: yeah it's definitely on but i'm gonna let you get some of that good chicago time summer chicago appreciate summertime you, i gotta get dinner in me and the wife gotta my pick brother. the baby up so enjoy but, dinner man now I, I, like
1: i said man i've been i've been i've been following your stuff we'll, we'll we'll stay in touch but i've been i've been watching you man you've been working it's it's been good to see you, so
0: i am mean you've been doing the same for years so i definitely appreciate oh, my uh, all the uplift you give me and others, and uh, if anybody wants to contact you for any type of training, um, tell us where where can we find you?
1: Instagram, uh, all my handles, YouTube, anyone, uh, the Natty Pro. I'm not hard to find. You can go uh, through any of those social outlets. Uh, my f- it, what's they called website? That's how long it's been. My, web- <laughs> <laughs> my website. You can contact me through there. That website is the company's name, FortisEQ.com or uh my email directly uh it's my first name ryan at four cq.com Ryan at four cq.com so uh even if you're listening to this two years from now three years from now uh, i imagine i'll still be doing the same thing but an improved version of both of us hopefully so uh feel free to yeah ask some questions uh upon this i don't do too many other people's uh content in podcasts dude so i really 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 uh like taking this time out to talk to people as an excuse to catch up with also. So I appreciate that side too, man. So
0: yeah, definitely. Really. We'll put all your links down in the uh, YouTube video description and in the podcast description. So people can go ahead, get in contact with you. Appreciate you, my man. All right. Well, for Ryan Doris, I'm Larry Brown. This is a nasty strength fit for duty podcast. And we'll catch you next time.